Hi, I'm Roger Jackson, host of the Arise Podcast. Today I sit down with Jacob Prado, pastor of Connections and Church Planning here at Rooftop Church. Today we're going to go over a sermon series titled, What the Church Was Meant to Be. Today we talk about church as the flock. Welcome back to the Arise Podcast. Jacob, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Roger. How about you? Doing pretty good. I feel like it's uh, it's been a while since we've done this. Um, some of it's been user error on my part. Um, some of it's been scheduling. Uh, you know, life. Life. Life happens. So, life happens. Uh, but we're really excited about this this episode today. I know, uh, like I said, it's been a while, and we've been uh, <clears throat> getting ready to do this for, for some time now. Uh, and so we're continuing the What the Church Was Meant to Be series here at Rooftop. Uh, in uh, after Missouri, and so we are uh, talking about what the church is meant to be, and today we're talking about the church as the flock. Now, I'm going to give you a chance to uh, speak for yourself on how you started this sermon out, because you <laughs> kind of, yes, you kind of, you know, went in and, and and let us know, you know, what sheep are like, and you know, they might not necessarily be the smartest or the, the most clean right, or, right. or, you know, have very good defense or offense. And then you proceeded to tell us all the cons of this animal yep. and then proceeded to tell us that we are sheep. supposed to be like sheep. Yep. So how, how do you, how, what do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, well, this is one of the, the fun metaphors of scripture. And in fact, uh, kind of one of the reasons I was so excited about this being able to preach a sermon was uh, I've actually owned sheep before. And so I actually got to come out dressed as a shepherd and, and talk to everyone about sheep. And that was, that was uh, interesting and fun. But this is, you know, this is one of the things we have to wrestle with in Scripture. God calls us sheep. And that sounds nice to 21st century modern American ears where you don't know what sheep are. Um, but it's kind of an insult because, as you said, Roger, sheep are not super intelligent. They're dirty. They're uh, they're they're panicky. Uh, but this is this is the this is the image God uses for us. We like sheep have gone astray, Isaiah says. Um, but together, right? Sheep are pretty manageable, and 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 I think that's one of the one of the kind of key things to draw from this on their own sheep die quickly. They don't know what they're doing, but in a flock, when they're together, sheep actually can, uh, can be okay to deal with. Uh, they follow the shepherd. They have maybe the dogs who are helping them, uh, get where they need to go. And so it's kind of insulting, kind of not, uh, but this is what God calls us. So this is what we get to deal with. And, uh, you know, it's funny to think about it, but you know, when you were kind of getting into it, I was like, I mean, it is crazy in that way that it, it's and and you know you can feel this knowing how how uh, you know powerful and you know great Jesus is and and just to think about how it's almost like we're unfit to to be where we are. So like like it almost makes sense. It's like you know we kind of are that odd you know weird like why you know why are we getting Jesus you know like why why is he shepherding us like why do how how do we have jesus as the good shepherd it's almost like we we don't belong we it shouldn't be that way but that's kind of almost the story you know that's all that's the gospel you know that's what it is so it's kind of i like thinking of it like that it it took a second but it's kind of cool to think of it in that way yeah it's a great it's a great image for jesus 
as the good shepherd. And that uh, that's kind of the big idea of the message. Like the church is meant to follow the good shepherd because that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd takes care of a sheep, even and especially when the sheep don't deserve the care of the good shepherd. And as you said, Roger, that, that's the gospel, right? None of us deserve what we've been given. None of us deserve life. None of us deserve God's grace. But as we follow the good shepherd, that's what we're given. And so, uh, again, this is just one of those really rich biblical images for the people of God, and uh, there's just there's there really is so much here. Yeah, so you know, getting into it, like you said, um, you know, they they stick together. You know, as, as a church, we should we should stick together. And I, I know one of the first points were uh, uh, sheep's face predators together. Yes, and you know, again, you know, when, when you're getting into it, it's kind of like okay, like where where are you going with this? But then it it makes so much sense when you think about it. Like we have to stick together to defend from you know worldly sin you know temptation whatever it is like you need that flock you need the church to help with that yeah and this is one of my persistent problems as a pastor is people come to you all the time and say hey what do you think about this book or this you know this this preacher or this podcast or this movie or whatever and and there's so much divi- division, there's so much infighting, there's so much backbiting. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my sermon notes here, and, and the week I preached this sermon, uh, John MacArthur and Beth Moore were going at it, right? No one's thinking about that anymore, because we've had 12 other instances of Christians fighting with each other since I preached this sermon, right? Yeah. Uh, that's There's just so much division, and again, to, to, to really draw this metaphor, we have to be unified as a flock. We have to face threats together. Uh, we have to deal with this together. There's there's a, a, a unity that the church is supposed to have. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know, calls us to be one church. Uh, in the high priestly prayer in the upper room in in John, he you know prays that the church would be one. And as a as a rule for thousands of years, the church has not been one. Uh, and so there's a lot of aspirational uh, theology here. Right, we're not supposed to uh, be disunified, uh, we have to stick it out. We have to stay in our flock. We have to extend grace to one another inside of our local church, but also uh, to other Christians outside of the church as well. Yeah, and and I know I've noticed that through this series. I mean, you know, that's a common theme, obviously, is to to be together, to face life together, to you know, hurt with each other, rejoice with each other, all that. It, it's it's. I mean, it's cliche, but you can't do it alone, yeah. and that's just that's just the bottom line. You know, there has to be a certain amount of unity that you have as a church, and unfortunately, you know, if there isn't a level of that, there are going to be problems. Like, it's not you just can't do life without that. Right. Right. So, one of the books we read as a staff, or read parts of as a staff uh, over the past year, kind of in in some sense in preparation for this series was. Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And, you know, he doesn't pull any punches. Like, life together is hard. We're sinful people. We screw up. We mess up. Uh, but there are disciplines. There are things we can do to help keep us in alignment, to help foster that unity and, uh, you know, kind of understanding our, our, our larger purpose, our our vision, where we're going as a community. That's a huge part of, of maintaining that alignment and, and keeping that unity. And, you know, that's that's true in the little C church, the the local church, but also it's also true in the big C church too. And uh, oftentimes I wonder, you know, how much have we 
missed being unified as Christians because we've forgotten that what we're supposed to do is not build our little kingdoms, but build the kingdom of God. Uh, when you recognize that we're all on the same team, we're all working towards the same goal, I think it helps with that cohesion. It helps the flock stick together a little bit. Um, but again, hard to do in a sinful world. So yeah. something we continue to struggle with. For sure. Uh, and then something else we were talking about was uh, uh, you need to follow the shepherd. Obviously, you know, the big shepherd, obviously, you know, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, things like that too. But also, what does that uh, mean for leadership in the church? Because obviously, leaders are shepherding as well. Um, you know, I did a, a spiritual... What was what was that? Was the Gibson inventory. Yeah, and shepherding was one of the things that were on my list, or you know, one of my top three. So, what what is what does that look like? I mean, how does that apply for leadership and and staff and things like that? Yeah, that's a great question, Roger. And and I I think the use of the word shepherd is is pretty intentional from a, a New Testament perspective. This is one of the major metaphors that gets used to describe how leaders in the church should be. Peter says this in 1 Peter 5. Uh, Paul says this in Acts 20, right? Like, pay attention to yourselves in the flock. Shepherd the flock of God. Like, this is this is what we're commanded to do as leaders. And so, what does a shepherd do? Well, a, a shepherd takes care of the sheep. A shepherd doesn't uh, mistreat sheep, doesn't use the sheep for their own benefit. A shepherd sacrifices on behalf of the sheep. A shepherd is out there among the sheep, a shepherd is is in the nitty gritty, the the messiness of life with sheep. You know, shepherds, you know, when sheep give birth, it can be a, a very messy, unpleasant experience. And who's there? The shepherd is there. When sheep are out in the middle of the field, in the middle of a thunderstorm, uh, you know, trying to find shelter, who's there? A good shepherd is there. I mean, this is this is the language. This is the down to earthness that uh, leaders in the church are called to. This is this is not. Uh, kind of prosperity preaching or prosperity leadership. Uh, there's no parachute. Pa- there shouldn't be any parachute pastors. You, you, pastors should not just come in in their you know their Bentleys and uh, roll up uh, t- on their gold plated stage to their nice little microphone and 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 hold forth over the congregation for half an hour or an hour or three hours depending on whose church we're talking about here and then go leave and and go on vacation to the Grand Caymans in their private jet right like that's not the the scriptural image for pastors here now that's an extreme image but the point stands and things that are not quite approaching that are also true like pastors should be down in the dirt with their flock so like very hands-on hands-on leading the charge out there caring for people right I mean this is one of the, the things that I've really had to wrestle with uh, as a fairly new pastor, it's been a couple years now, or going on two years now, where I've been a quote-unquote vocational minister, and uh, this is one of the things I, I'm consistently wrestling with. Am I shepherding the flock? Am I down in the dirt like I should be? And, you know, there are, church work is messy. Church work makes you vulnerable. It requires long hours. It means getting up early. It means going to bed late. Uh, not neglecting family responsibilities or or self care or any of those very important things, but am I willing to be a shepherd to my sheep? Am I willing to go after the one? Am I willing to make a sacrifice on behalf of the flock? I mean, these are the sorts of things that I am convinced that shepherds need to uh, shepherds in the church need to take seriously. 
Uh, and and that's because that's the image that we're given. We're supposed we are all, as you said, Roger, supposed to follow the, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. Uh, but us little shepherds, us pastors, and depending on your your church's organizational structure, pastors or deacons or trustees or elders or whoever it is, uh, this is one of the things that we're called to do. Yeah, and I think that's that's huge, and and that's one of the reasons why uh, I feel like uh, small groups have been put on on my heart um, because I feel that that level of shepherding in that in that capacity especially when when you're just trying to build up and try to uh, almost for I mean almost for the sake of better words like kind of get your feet wet with that and kind of figure out how to uh, shepherd people and how to do life with them and 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 kind of stand in the gap with people um, and sometimes it's hard. I mean, you don't you don't know everybody. You don't know some of the people that are going to be in your small group and stuff like that. So I, I really, for me personally, in my life has really been good to kind of do it that way as well. Like you know, to kind of just see how that how that plays out. Exactly. And 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 to to give our listeners a little behind the scenes peek here, one of the things we're, we're thinking about and praying about right now is who will be on the elder team for Arise. Uh, at Arise, the elders are going to be the folks who provide kind of the overall uh, direction and oversight and shepherding for our church. And one of the things that's increasingly important to me is, you know, can our elders shepherd? Can they be people who who have shown those instances of being able to lead, perhaps in a small group, right? That's a, that's a great place. Uh, to kind of see if this works. If do you have the gift of shepherding? Are you able to shepherd a small group? Because if you can shepherd a small group, chances are you're going to be okay at shepherding a larger group, right? If you're faithful in little, you can be faithful in much. And uh, to me, it's very interesting that as we go through this process, a lot of the people who seem like they they might be good elders at Arise are people who have small group leadership experience. Because again, shepherding key to what we're we're called to do as leaders in the church. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely huge as far as the great commission and and make fo- making followers of Christ like you have to it can't like you said it can't be from afar, it can't be I come in and give you a little something and then I'm on my way like you have to continuously be with your flock. Exactly. And then we talked about uh sheep listen to their chief shepherd. And I know you were saying like Sheep will tend to follow people like it's not like you really have to do too much to get sheep to follow you. But, you know, when you get uh, when they be- have a bond with the uh, shepherd, you know, that that becomes like their chief shepherd. So I know looking uh, as far as, you know, the church and Christ, I mean, how does that look? I mean, I mean, is that more like praying or, you know, staying in your word or, you know, like how, how does that how do you get that bond or like what what does that look like? Yeah, I think uh, this is another really good question, Roger, and there's I think there's a couple layers to the answer here. I mean, on the one hand, this is a good kind of general discipleship question, right? Like, what does it mean to follow the good shepherd? What does it mean to hear his voice? What does it mean to be a good disciple? And so here, you know, all of the biblical, maybe traditional, standard discipleship practices are absolutely key ways that we, we follow the good shepherd. Being in scripture on a regular basis, praying on a regular basis, being in community, doing things, uh, you know, engaging in spiritual disciplines like fasting, right? These are all good ways to be good disciples. 
and to learn and to you know get grow in your relationship, grow deeper and wider in your in your understanding of who God is. And so that's that's kind of the the, the one answer. On the other hand, uh, listening to the voice of the Good Shepherd, I am increasingly convinced takes different forms for different people. Uh, I read a book several years ago now by uh, Pastor Mark Batterson in Washington D.C. called Whisper: uh, How to Hear the Voice of God. And, and kind of the thesis of the book is that there are different ways that God communicates to different people. Uh, Batterson does a really good job of, of of explaining, hey, like Scripture is is the is the the rock upon which uh, all all these other ways of communicating are founded. And I, I think that's that's solid ground theologically. But God speaks to people in different ways. Uh, some people hear God really close to audibly in prayer on a consistent basis. Uh, that's only happened to me a couple of times in my life, right? I don't often hear God audibly say anything. Uh, sometimes God communicates through desires, things and the, and the wants that he's given us. Sometimes he communicates through doors, the opportunities that are presented to us. Sometimes he speaks through people. People who are in our lives and we we trust. Sometimes God communicates through pain, right? Sometimes uh, you've you got to touch the stove to learn that the stove is hot. Yeah. Things like this, right? And so Batterson, he goes through and he lists out just all of these different ways that God communicates uh, to people. And one of the things I've found is very oftentimes God speaks to us consistently in ways that we can become attuned to, right? So for me, for me, one of the ways I'm convinced that God speaks to me on a regular basis is through my friends, through people that I trust. Uh, oftentimes I will be facing a decision in life and I will go and speak to some people about it. And it's not uncommon for me to hear the same thing, like the same turn of phrase from different people who have no relationship with each other, except, except that I know them, uh, you know, me asking them the same question over a period of days or weeks or months and getting the the consistent same answer from them. That's, that's God speaking to me. Right. And so, Part of uh, what I mean when I say, hey, chief, uh, sheep listen to their chief shepherd, uh, is we got to figure out the ways that our chief shepherd communicates to us, the ways that God speaks to us and communicates with us directly. Scripture, prayer, of course, that's the foundation. Uh, but there are other ways that God speaks to us as well. And as we're following Jesus, it's really important that we listen to the good shepherd in the ways that he speaks to us. And of course, not just listen, but also do what he says. Now, if you're still offended that Jacob is calling us sheep, just realize that once, you know, we get that mentality and once we, you know, get into that formation of a flock, you know, we, it works very well. It's very um, uh, clear and very, I don't want to say easy, but you know, it, it, it makes a lot of sense when you think of it as God's people working together and following the good shepherd. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot, Jacob. Sure. Uh, so what ways at, uh, arise at the, the new church plant? Are you going to kind of foster this, this shepherding? I mean, I know obviously there's a lot of things that as a church we have to put into it and we have to, uh, display and show and a lot of them kind of overlap but what are what are some ways that you want to foster the whole shepherding and as the church being unified and and just how do you how do you want to make that into a rise yeah great question i think kind of the first thing that comes to mind is the importance of of unity in the church uh in the local church now that's easier to do in a church plant in some ways than at other churches because many people are kind of starting together, right? This is a new thing. We're in this together. That 
immediately already fosters some sort of unity, but making sure that we're continuing to, to work and function as a body, as a church, uh, so that we can face whatever challenges come up together uh, is going to be a, a real important part of what we're doing. And, and it is honestly one of the reasons we've been having launch team meetings uh, for about, we've had our launch team meetings for several months now. It'll, we'll have been meeting together as a team for almost a year before we actually launch. And one of the reasons that we're doing that is to build that community, to build that unity, to, to build those relationships so that as we get into the, the, the fire of church planting, uh, and as we're facing, uh, you know, whatever gets thrown our way, uh, we're able to hopefully maintain a little bit more, more unity. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing I would say is just making sure that people who are shepherding are equipped to be good shepherds. Uh, not everyone who wants to lead in the church is actually equipped with the character or the competency to be a good shepherd. Some people are about their ego. Some people are about doing what they want to do to the detriment of the flock. And so making sure that we have uh, a really clear sh- uh, you know, approach to shepherding is going to be really important. Uh, something, again, we're already working towards and, and doing a lot with. Uh, and then, of course, rem- remembering and reminding weekly, on a weekly basis, right? What are we doing as sheep who are following the chief shepherd, right? What is scripture telling us? What is experience telling us? Uh, what are we? What have we learned? What are we learning about what it means to follow the chief shepherd? And remembering that you know it's 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 cool to preach or teach or you know be be motivated and out in the community to do this that or the other. But if we're not focusing on Jesus, we're not pointing people to Jesus and helping them encounter Him. Uh, we're not being good shepherds because we're actually distracting people from following the person they really need to be following, which is the good shepherd. Yeah, I think that's that's great, and uh, uh, thank you for you know kind of going a little bit in deep with this uh, this whole church looking at uh, looking like a flock. Uh, it's really, like I said, this sermon series has really been um, eye opening. It's really been helpful, just because, like you said, and, and you guys have stated that a lot throughout this um, sermon series. There is so much divide in church. I mean, it it's it's almost. I mean, it is unavoidable. But, you know, there is so much divide and there is so much that that can separate us that you don't even think about. Because, like you say, you're you're so into your your own mindset. You're so into what what you believe and what you think. And, you know, it's not necessarily about changing your mind or agreeing with someone else. It's it's knowing that, you know, you guys have differences, but there's still something there that holds us together. So uh, I just really appreciate you sitting down and talking with us, Jacob. Um, appreciate you, Roger. Thanks yeah. for taking the time. And uh, like always, if you guys want to reach out to us, social media, uh, both Facebook and Instagram is Arise Church STL. Um, we like to uh, 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 talk and 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 get to know people and and you know hear from people. So if you guys have anything, just reach us on those uh, social media platforms. Um, you know, we're working on, uh, we have a website, but we're working on a, you know, our kind of, a real website, yeah, kind of our big deal website. So, you know, we'll have that be, we'll be having that out soon. Um, so, you know, there'll be some things coming up cause you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting to the, we're getting close now. So we, we got a lot of things coming down. So, uh, just want to say, if you guys want to listen to the podcast, we all uh, still have that on on apple and on spotify so 
just want to thank you guys for listening to the Rise Podcast.